Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Well, before we get started, I just want to say thank you to everybody who participated in the Max Fun Drive last week. Yes. Thank you so much. We appreciate everybody who donated and, and joined our community. I just want to start off with that. Yeah. Thank we're, you all. We're always so thank appreciative. You very much. Um, it yeah. was it was so much fun to do some different things and, um, you know, to get all, all of our members involved. It was really exciting. <laughs> Burst into song. Yeah. I I will I look for excuses to write parody songs. So I think if if we let you, you would just write one every week, right? Mm-hmm. That to would burst be the into show. song about whatever the current. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be the show. No, this is absolutely true. Uh, actually, we I was getting Charlie in the car um, before school the other morning, and as I was loading her up, I I don't even remember what I was singing, but I, it was to the tune of the cartoon that she was just watching, the theme song. Except I was making up words about going to school to it. Mm-hmm. And I got one line in and she stopped me and she said, I know what you're about to do. You're going to keep singing this song, but you're going to sing it with the wrong words. And I just want you to know that I don't want you to. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, what? And she said, I know what you're going to do. And I'm just not feeling it, mom. Wow. Wow. Okay. No parody today. No, mom. I don't like it when you do that. Got a critic. I know. Kids can be mean. The girls really don't like parody. They don't like... They really don't like when you get the words wrong to songs. Yes. You really hate that. They will yell. Yes. Even when it's not intentional. Like when I'm just singing along to one of their songs with them and I just get one of the words mixed up. It's like we all have to stop. No. <laughs> that's not right. Is this is this like... I mean, because kids, you know, always rebel against their parents by kind of being the opposite of whatever their parents are. So this is what you guys break out into? Like, your kids are super against parody songs and jokes. <laughs> if they if they uh, rebel against podcasting, we'll know. Right? We'll know that's what... It- <laughs> they already... They already uh, communicate mostly in YouTube form. Like, not with actual video, but... Like, Cooper and I were making slime together. And it was just, I mean, we weren't videoing it. It was just Cooper and I making slime together. And as we start to do it, she goes, Okay, guys, mommy's going to add the glue first. Mommy, say hi. And I'm looking around like, Who are we talking to? <laughs> like, I, I'm like losing it for a second. The YouTube. Like, <laughs> is this how children play pretend now? They do. They start out all of our activities with, hey, guys. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Seriously, it was a very it was a very Truman Show moment where I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That was the truth. They're 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 watching us. Kids, you just have tiny cameras. They would. Uh, they sometimes would. Uh, Charlie does. I, I have to be careful about that because sometimes Charlie is just filming us and we don't know it. Yeah, or she's just like setting up her iPad and just like filming herself making various faces at the camera and mm-hmm. making noises and then adding an effect to it and bringing it over to show you like, look at this great video I made. <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I've seen you put in much more effort into these videos before. This is not your best work. <laughs> so uh, I'm really excited. This This topic this week was inspired by a Mother's Day present I received. Yes. I don't know if I mentioned that last week. 
I this is why I wanted to talk did. about it. Okay. Well, Cooper, you can mention it again. Cooper got me a handheld um, Carmen Sandiego game for Mother's Day, which was a strange gift. It's a very strange gift. Why does that exist? Um, was that like one that maybe Justin picked out and was just like, here, Coop, this is from you? Justin swore it was from her. And he's, I mean, we're both pretty good about like within reason letting the yeah. kids pick out their own presents for us within reason sure. i mean like <laughs> charlie got me uh she got me like a box of bath products with like bath bombs and mm-hmm. some other things like that and he said they literally were online looking through every different like box subscription oh ever like until she found one with like a logo she liked yeah <laughs> but so within reason, like he lets them do their own thing. But this was really, they were at the store and Cooper saw this and said, I want to get that for mommy. She has strange taste. But it's great. Yeah. It's great. It is a little, like it's a little handheld thing, but it is just the computer game. Wow. The original old school Carmen Sandiego computer game. Wow. So, which I know you have not played. No. Riley, how what what form of Carmen Sandiego have you interacted with in preparation? Uh, I watched mostly the more recent Carmen Sandiego because mm-hmm. um, that was very easily accessible. But I did watch a few snippets of the the older Carmen Sandiego, okay. the, the OG cartoon. I found some clips on YouTube, um, but I I read about the video games because I mm-hmm. guess there were many of them. Yes, Google told me there were like twenty two video <laughs> games. Um, I, c- I couldn't play any of them, but I read about them. Uh, I had never, so we, I played the original computer game and then I've played that more recently because of this handheld. Mm-hmm. Uh, Justin found a, an updated Carmen Sandiego computer game that we played last night from like 2011, mm. uh, which like, you would have to. By the way, I don't know, if, Taylor. Have you ever seen this game? The the a recent one. A more recent. No, game. I don't think I've seen. I think the only Carmen Sandiego game that I remember playing is the one that we had on that. I don't know that computer we booted with DOS. <laughs> <laughs> that was yes, that was the original. I think this one. I think this one was called like World or something. But anyway, it was a. Uh, in it you are these two agents who are trying to find Carmen San Diego. Obviously that's the whole that's the whole thing. And with where in the world is Carmen San Diego, you're trying to find Carmen San Diego. Right. She's like an international thief. Or well, that is whatever. like the question at the in yeah. the title of the game. And you use geography to find her. <laughs> and <laughs> the power of geography. And uh in this iteration of the game, you are uh an agent named julie but you she calls her jules and then i don't remember the guy's name and the guy julie and the guy and uh, (laughs) julie and the guy (laughs) it's set up that carmen when she used to be an agent before she turned you know rogue she was julie's partner Mm -hmm. and like all these places you go she's always like i remember when carmen and i rode the train here i remember when love i i am not saying that's intentional but somebody somebody for me it feels very killing eve for me it's like a very strong killing eve energy that i'm getting from this no wait there is it's but it's a different character because there is a jules in the in the new cartoon who is one of 
the agents that works for Interpol, really? who is a girl uh-huh. who's involved in tracking Carmen. They don't have a previous That's history together, as far as I know, but they have and somehow reintroduced that character. Mm-hmm. In this one, Jules and Carmen were partners in the agency for a long time before and Carmen. partners in life. Mm. Partners well, in love. that is not said, that is not stated, but like... I've accepted that as canon now. As soon as she shows up, Carmen's like... Hey, Jules, long time no see. And uh, who's this uh, rookie they got you paired with now? Immediately throwing shade at like her new male partner. The guy. And it's it's just such a strong like, oh, I know what's happening here. <laughs> so anyway, I ship Jules and Carmen pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I also feel like if I had kept playing that game, there's a reason that Carmen turned. And it has to do with like, some bad stuff going down at Acme and it's not because she's really a thief. I don't know. That's just in my head canon. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, that's consistent in most of the, pretty much all the media is that Carmen's never an outright villain. She's sometimes up to no good, but she's never evil. And a lot of times her, I mean, depending on the, you know, the uh, incarnation, sometimes she's absolutely on the side of good. Mm-hmm. See, I I don't think I ever realized when I played the original one, I don't ever remember thinking there was any sort of like moral ambiguity to it. Like the idea is Carmen stole something. She's from the Villains International League of Evil or Vile for short. Mm -hmm. Right. And the Acme Detective Agency is who you are part of tracking her. And I thought it was very much like in the original computer game. She's bad. You're good. Find her. Find the loot. Right. Find the loot. Get the warrant catch the catch the crook well in the uh in the i guess this was probably in the 90s the cartoon um which i had completely erased from my brain somehow and then i watched a a bunch of episodes yesterday i was like oh my gosh i remember this uh like look the new carmen that has like a tragic backstory and like sympathetic you know like I don't know, explanation to why she is the way she is. That's good. But like the Carmen in that cartoon. So like the of the the few episodes I watched, like her goals were to talk to aliens in one episode, uh, <laughs> make a dinosaur, make a di- steal the steal the dome of the Taj Mahal to house her dinosaur. Uh, she pa- paint her face on the moon. Like <laughs> I like steal a bunch of high-end cat supplies for her really fancy cats. Like like the complete chaos but like not evil because you know in the cartoon there's the two uh two detectives that are employed in chasing her. There's Ivy and her younger brother Zach. And Carmen is purposely giving them clues to find her. Because I guess she just wants to show off the great caper she's doing. And and she saves them several times. Like, she'll rescue them from certain doom. And she gives them clues. And like, ha ha, I'm so glad you found me. Watch me paint my face on the moon. (laughs) I really, I love that. That's my favorite Carmen, where it's like, she's just living her best life. (laughs) So, so Riley, so you know where this started in the original computer game that came out in like 85. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, I'm trying to imagine the looks and quality and experience of a video game computer game that existed in 1985. It was so for its time, it was considered a pretty big deal because of how many different colors it had in it. (laughs) Um, 
and <laughs> because of the 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 way that you interacted with it. So like, what you would do is, so Carmen San Diego has stolen something, and they would you know it could be like an artifact, or sometimes it was like I remember this from watching the game show, which we will have to talk about. But sometimes it would be like. Carmen San Diego has stolen Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> <It's> like, what? <laughs> yeah, she stole like whole desert. Now, how did she do that? Yeah, she, yes, she would steal like a desert or something. Like, but then other times it was like she stole the like literally the Declaration of Independence, which like Nick Cage, you know, he's I was going to say <laughs> national treasure. What? So, like, she would steal something, and then you would have to. But it wasn't Carmen at first. At first, it's one of the agents of Vile, mm-hmm. and like the end of the game would be Carmen. So first you're like, okay, you interview witnesses by going to three different locations wherever you are. You go to like a marketplace and a museum or a, Mm -hmm. you know, restaurant or whatever. And you interview witnesses and they will tell you something about the place that the, that the henchman is going and then something about them because you have to do two things before you catch them. First, you have to go to the right place. So you got to follow the clues to know like, oh, the country like that he was waving a blue and white flag <laughs> what country of the choices has a blue and white flag mm-hmm. or um he was going where the mountain range of whatever exists and you have to know so you had to be kind of a nerd to be good at this game <laughs> well you either or have lots of like encyclopedias precisely yeah. so a lot of what you would have to do is like um the tablet was written in Sanskrit. What country is he going to? And so like what we would then do is run over to the Encyclopedia Britannica, pull out S for Sanskrit, look up Sanskrit, and then figure out what country <laughs> we're going to. This is the wildest series series of events I've ever heard. And and this was true for all of I remember looking up all tell these you about different... libraries. <laughs> <laughs> in the encyclopedias to like figure out and then you would know like, okay, it looks like they're going to Greece or whatever next, and that's where we need to go. And but all the while you have to collect these clues and there's a little sheet where you can like fill in on the menu like is it male or female what color hair does the person have what um what are their activities that was always great because it was like you're interviewing witnesses and the witness would be like uh it was a guy he had dark hair and also he's really into skydiving (laughs) it's like what how do you know that (laughs) came up in conversation (laughs) but you would have to fill in like the um like i said the hair color the gender the uh what activity they like what their hobby is mm-hmm. um some sort of sometimes you would get like an extra feature about them like their jewelry or something like that what kind of vehicle they were driving was it a motorcycle or a sports car or whatever mm-hmm. and then once you filled in enough of this it would narrow down like your um your directory of villains mm-hmm. and tell you like okay it sounds like it's this person you've been issued a warrant for the arrest of this person mm-hmm. And so part of the game was you find the right country, you find the henchmen, the warrant has to match. So if you didn't follow the clues right, then they would get away. Gotcha. So this was the whole game. And you would do this over and over and over again, crisscrossing around the globe, collecting warrants and criminals until Mm -hmm. you find Carmen Sandiego. Okay. And you learn geography. Voila. Amazing. Educational and entertaining. (laughs) And the great thing is they made that and it was it was super popular because like they sold it to schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like schools mm-hmm. were like, this is great. We got Oregon Trail. We got Carmen San Diego. We don't ever have to teach children again. No. <laughs> See, I didn't get any video games to teach me anything in school. Really? Yeah. Just like teachers. 
one of the one of the prop what were you gonna say oh no i just do you think that was like a moment of hope like wait can we just entirely educate children with video games why did they give up on that they should have kept going with that do you think just there were too many video games then at that point when i was in elementary school that were obviously not for educational purposes that they were like we can't let these kids play video games during the day they do it all at home you learned to read in large part due to the fact that you wanted to read animal crossing that's true that also (laughs) helped charlie learn to read she also wanted to read animal crossing (laughs) um that is very true but all of the video games i remember playing in school were like i remember one that was also a reading test but it was it disguised itself as a video game because you were in like a little woodland creatured area Mm. with different animals and you had to like explore it to read what these animals were saying but it was just a book it was just a book you had to read but you just clicked around to read the different parts it was a trick yeah we didn't even get oregon trail in in carmen san diego i knew we were learning um it was so fun that like it was such a good game it was so satisfying that i did i didn't mind it like, I knew it was a trick. Mm-hmm. I knew they were teaching me geography. I mean, you also were learned. So you, you enjoyed learning. I, enjoy, I enjoyed the race of, like, having to enter. The fact that you had to interact with your encyclopedia there while you were doing it, I found very exciting. <laughs> like, well, it was a precursor to, cursor to when you would just look everything up on your phone, except, like, I have this giant multimodal experience of, <laughs> of books <laughs> that I have to search through to find the answer. I loved that. Um, and so a lot of kids loved it. It was very popular, which is why it took them a while, but they finally turned it into a game show. They did? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was unaware. So it was, uh, it started back in like 92, 91, 92. It was on PBS and they like gave them the rights for free because the idea was not like, we're going to make money off this game show. The idea was the entire country is going to want this game because, mm-hmm they're going to watch this game show and go, oh my gosh, what is this computer game? And then yeah. buy it, which worked. Like everybody mm-hmm. loved the computer game. So they gave it to PBS for free and were like, make a, make a game show. And they spent a ton of time like interviewing. They interviewed like eight or 900 children to figure out like, what do you like in a TV show? Mm-hmm. What makes you excited? What do you want to see on TV? And the game show they came up with, Taylor, do you remember this game show? I do. It was, it was a good game show. It was fun to watch. So it was more like you had your three contestants who love geography. <laughs> and like you did, you had to pass like a geography test to get on the show because they didn't want to embarrass you. Right. So you had to be somebody who obviously this was a special interest. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise the show's hard. Yeah. It's a hard show. Um, and like mm. it came out at the same time that there were a bunch of like newspaper articles about like how Americans don't know geography, which could have existed at any point in time. Including and still, now. Including now. Yes. I I was watching this documentary about there was this headline where it was like 25% of Americans can't find the Pacific. And I was like, really? (laughs) Like, I believe it. (laughs) The ocean? Like the ocean? (laughs) The whole ocean. The whole one. A quarter of us don't know where the ocean, the Pacific Ocean is? There aren't that many options. (laughs) (laughs) There's only so many oceans. (laughs) Anyway, so it came out and, uh, they had like the host and then the chief of the detective agency and the host of the show was like he was one of the detectives who was like leading the three rookies who were the contestants in these activities and there were all these film bits uh, like comedy bits between him and the chief um rockapella mm-hmm. was 
a central feature to this game show. They were an acapella group. That rocked. That they rocked. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And their music was featured throughout the entire show. Like, not just the theme, but, like, they would sing a clue. One of the clues would be them singing it. They would sing details about a place. And then from those details, you had to know what place they were singing about. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they would also do, do you remember what they would do during, like, the, um, the final, like, in order to find the warrant and the loot and the criminal, you had this big game of memory, basically, that you would play against the other contestant and one of you would find all three first and win. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time they would turn over one, they would either say, like, the warrant or the loot or something and sing it. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yes. <laughs> but all in harmony. Yeah. The warrant. Don't you remember that? Yes. <laughs> It was great. Uh, and then the, the final act was that giant map that you put, like, yes. person-sized pegs in that would light up or not light up. Like, you'd get asked ge- geography questions and have to answer them by putting your post down in whatever part of the world the answer was in. Right? The final... The, yes, you're exactly right. The final thing... So once they whittled it down from three to two to one person, their final challenge was that they had a giant map of one continent. Like, they each one was a different continent. Mm-hmm. And the chief would tell you, like, Carmen is either in and then rattle off really quickly, like, 12 different countries on that continent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, like, if it was the United States, like, states. Mm-hmm. And then they would put you on this gigantic map with those with those siren things, and you would have to run around... Like, the, the, um, host would yell out the name of a country and then you would just have to run and put the siren on that country. It's like my nightmare, by the way. That is also my nightmare. I don't know. This sounds like, I feel like I would learn things better if there was some sort of like global guts element overlapping it. <laughs> like, it's a great could, It's like Jeopardy plus guts. That's what the show was. <laughs> if you could correctly play seven, then you won. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, that's hard. I couldn't do that. I really couldn't. It's very difficult. And do you know what the prize was, by the way? What? So if you won the whole show, like as you go, there there are prizes. Like you would get like a detective kit with like mm-hmm. a uh, National Geographic subscription and some sort of like, like oh, an atlas. Glass. You would get a world atlas and yeah, stuff like that. Or like a, a bouncy ball that was the globe. Yeah. Things like that. But if you won the whole thing, you got to go anywhere in the contiguous United States. They would give you a trip anywhere Eventually, it was expanded to North America, but wow. originally it was just like <laughs> anywhere in the lower 48, you can go. <laughs> that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good yeah. deal. And you got to write it down. Do you remember they would write it down? Yes. Where do you want to go? And then you would write it. And then they, then at the end, they would, re- they would only reveal it if you won. I want to take some and of kids these. kids would be like, Arizona, <laughs> I want to take some of these sound bites <laughs> from this episode of you like saying like the loot, <laughs> the warrant. I want to turn them into different sound like uh, text tones for my phone. <laughs> and like when I open up my maps, I just want it to be that clip of me saying, where do you want to go? <laughs> when I first, I was watching old episodes of this. And when they first started, Rockapella started doing that. Where do you want to go? It was so deep in my brain. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> where did you go? <laughs> You're in there still. I remember this. Um, it was a great game show. It sounds fun. It sounds like something I would have enjoyed. I would not have been well or done well on it, though. I, I want to talk more about the legacy of 
uh, Carmen San Diego. But before we do that, let's check the group message. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you all about this week are my armpits. Okay, sure. Yeah. Okay. They smell great. Uh, I haven't taken a whiff, but I believe you. <laughs> I promise you they do. And that's thanks to Native Deodorant. Uh, they are all about stopping the stink. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I won't be stinky. This is every morning, by the way, when I need to go take a shower and Cooper doesn't want me to leave. She'll smell me and tell me I smell fine and I don't need a shower. <laughs> but that's because of my native deodorant. I always I smell so good. My kids don't ever want me to shower. Um, you've probably heard about natives deodorant for no, natives deodorant before from us. Um, but have you tried their body wash? No. Have you tried their toothpaste? No. Have you tried their sunscreen? No. No. That's right. And all of those are available now for you to try. If you already love that deodorant, if you already love that feeling of knowing what's in your deodorant and how good it smells and how good you feel, they now have a broad spectrum SPF 30 sunscreen for your face and body that you can try. They've got unscented, which is great. If you're like me and you can be sensitive to a lot of different uh, scents and fragrances, having that like fresh, clean, unscented option is so great. They've also got coconut and pineapple if you want something a little fruity. Summery. For the summer. Uh, It's lightweight. It absorbs quickly. And um, sunscreen is so important. Uh, I wear sunscreen, especially on my face, every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so important to protect your skin from those rays so uh, check out native sunscreen today and and taylor if our listeners want to do that what should they do well if you want to stay fresh and stay clean with native you can go to nativedeo.com slash buffering or use promo code buffering at checkout and get 20 percent off your first order that's nativedeo.com slash buffering or use co- promo code buffering at checkout for 20 percent off your first order so whether it's for work or for play or for for pleasure, for business, a lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. We're finally maybe able to do some more things than perhaps we were last summer. Sure. I know for me that means finally getting to do summer theater again, which means I'm spending lots of time going to and from the theater, spending lots of time hanging out backstage, hanging out during rehearsals, lots of songs to memorize, lots of things to go over, um, cramming in workouts in between, stuff like that. So it's a, it's been essential for me so far getting into the beginning of the summer to take my Raycons with me. With my Raycon earbuds, I get crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Um, and they look and feel great. They have little customizable gel tips to fit in your ear so that they don't fall out, uh, which is great for me, especially when I'm working out, you know, on the treadmill, going for a run, don't have to worry about them falling out and having to stop to pick them up. And they come in a range of cool colors. So... You can match them with your your workout fits. You can match them with uh, your vibe for the day, and also they're not going to fall out. So, lots of lots of uh, comfortable fit with also customizable looks, uh, and they're built to go wherever you go. They have quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a little compact charging case that makes it so your Raycons have a twenty four hour battery life. And they're super portable because of that charging case. So you don't have to worry about carrying a cord with you, any sorts of wires. Um, I take the case with me in my bag whenever I'm going to work out, whenever I'm going to a rehearsal and I want to listen to songs, um, work on my my parts, my harmonies, my lines, all that kind of stuff. Um, so they're an absolute must-have for me in all parts of my, my life, my, my, my function, uh, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. Serve every, every need. And they last for a long time. So, Tay, if our listeners want to check out Raycon, what should they do? 
Well, Raycon's offering 15% off all their products for our listeners. And here's what you got to do to get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash buffering. There you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. And it's such a good deal, you want to grab a pair and a spare. That's 15% off at buyraycon.com slash buffering. One more time, that's buyraycon.com slash buffering. So uh, this game, this game show, was incredibly popular, by the way. Mm -hmm. It should be known. I believe it. Yes. Um, A lot of kids wanted to get on it. (laughs) Uh, Not me. It was one of those, you know, it's funny. There were so many. Oh, no. No. Geography. I knew geography was not my strong suit That's fair. and it's also not mine again you you hand me a giant blank map of the world and tell me to start naming all the countries it really is like it's like spatial recognition like spatial reasoning skills and then just that rote memorization that's just not my that's not where my yeah. strength lies um but man some of the kids on that show would kick butt that's still the hardest thing i think i've done all the time being in college I had a class for my political science introductory, like 100 level class that every few weeks we had a map quiz where he would just give us like a continent and all the countries were blank. Mm. And we had to fill in all the countries and rivers and bodies of water. And I so hard. I don't still remember any of them now, but <laughs> I, I would have been good at that game show, like for that brief period of that semester during that class. <laughs> they would also like. Uh, the last question to get from the three to two person round, um, you could wager like how many crime bucks. That's what your points were called. Crime, crime bucks. bucks. Crime bucks. And you could wager crime bucks um, and they would show you like it's on this part of the world. So wager based on how much you know about this part of the world. So like a final jeopardy. Yeah. And I'm thinking like, <laughs> well, I don't know anything about any parts of the world. <laughs> I mean, unless it's like Huntington. <laughs> Was it ever Huntington? No. No. No, no it's not Huntington. No. One time they got it wrong. Like Only one? The show screwed up. Oh. How did they, they do that? They had to invite a contestant back to play again because oh. they cheated him out of the chance to win. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Um, part of it is because, I thought this was really interesting, they don't why would they not like make these shows readily available for people to check out now Mm -hmm. i mean like they're hard to find episodes Mm -hmm. of this yes part of it is because a lot of it's wrong now yeah really that's what like a lot of the songs in the intro right are kind of Mm -hmm. like they're incorrect or the places yeah places change i thought this was so such an interesting commentary on the way we think about like geography seems like the kind of thing that is immutable like it's just yeah it, it places are where they are and that right. doesn't change and it has changed so much over the years i mean you think about like this show started right at the collapse of the soviet union mm-hmm. like they they would sometimes have to change maps from day to day wow literally from day to day be, to keep up with and they would have to start putting disclaimers on the show like at the time this was filmed this was all accurate. Wow. But by the time they may have aired it, yeah. it was no longer true. Because whole, you know, whole countries were yeah. coming into existence. I mean, Istanbul was Constantinople. That you can't go back to Constantinople. <laughs> I mean, even old New York was once New Amsterdam. <laughs> Why they changed it, Ow! I can't say. <laughs> I can't say. <laughs> Maybe they just liked it better that way. I don't know. <laughs> that, see? There's so much change. And, and, but it's interesting because they, they would have to they would have to constantly readjust to that 
um, mm-hmm. which would be really hard for the contestants too. Yeah, you know, how do you even study? Yeah. Um, but uh, it was it was people really liked it because they thought it was an educational show. Um, it made geography exciting, which I don't think anyone had ever done. <laughs> Has anyone done it since? <laughs> I mean, I I again as somebody who like geography was always a weak point for me loved yeah. Carmen Sandiego I mean watched it obsessively I just couldn't I couldn't get enough of it I thought it was so um, engaging the way that they would like show you the different places and kind of like not just teach you where things are I mean that was the thing about Carmen Sandiego like it wasn't just where this place is they would teach you some things about like geographical features mountains rivers lakes oceans things like that but also like um, cultural things like ancient culture connections mm-hmm. language um famous people that were from there like artists or writers or activists or whatever mm-hmm. like you would learn other things about these locations yeah. not just that's where they are mm-hmm. um well, monetary units things like that i mean all kinds of things uh that i thought were really cool to know and learn that were yeah. a little easier for me to remember than just like where everything is yeah. <laughs> well that, that's what i thought was uh you know comparing the two cartoon shows the old cartoon show, like, they throw a lot of, like, facts at you that are really, like, good cultural things to know. They use a lot of foreign language in the old cartoon. Um, like, your two main characters, one's, like, a martial artist, but the other one, like, the the boy, like, speaks, I don't know, like, 20 languages and uses a lot of them. And, like, they, they talk about proper ways of, like, greeting people in other cultures. Well, that's what the new cartoon, it, it's kind of a bummer by comparison because they focus a lot more on just making a cool adventure story, but it's got a lot less of those like rapid fire cultural touch points and like little bits of history. And I, I thought that was a really great way to learn that stuff. Like I remembered things from the episodes I watched like, oh, yeah, that's that is how I knew that as a kid. <laughs> I, I think that's really true. Um, I think that uh, whether the computer game or the game show or the cartoons, which I know there was even a really recent one from like 2019 to 2021 on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That, that's what I'm um, talking The recent one that I don't think is as, yeah, uh, as educational. That's the one I watched. Okay. Yeah, I watched most. I mean, not most of the show, but most of what I watched and consumed of Carmen Sandiego was that show because mm-hmm. it was on Netflix. Um, but yeah, it, it did not have a lot of the educational stuff. It was much more story based i mean they gave carmen like a big backstory she's not a bad guy anymore she's like robin hood basically yeah um taking money from and funds from vile that they've stolen and giving it to good charitable causes (laughs) i think there was always an inclination to want like like taylor like you've said to want to do that with carmen san diego make it so that I don't know. I, like I said, I didn't finish that newer video game, but I feel like it was taking me in a direction where, because Jules kept saying, I don't know why Carmen would do this. This isn't like her. Because they know each other so well from their lengthy relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, she's like, I remember when Carmen and I rode a train up to Fujiyama. <laughs> it's like, I'll do you. Oh, do you? Well, see, I, I, I've feel like the the new cartoon is uh it's 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 also a bummer to me because of what they did with the two the zach and ivy characters it's like as i mentioned in the old one like zach was cool he knew a bunch of languages and like ivy was like a martial artist she was also just like a really awesome like beautiful redhead in the era of like 90s animated beautiful redheads you had like april Mm o'neill and you had Mm -hmm. like jesse bannon from johnny quest (laughs) like i don't know they all kind of they had the exact same character design but i liked them all um 
And then in the reboot, I don't understand. They just made them like Bostonians, like aggressively from yeah. Boston. <laughs> Is their that's it? That's their entire character design. They don't seem to have any particularly useful skills. All of the cool like language and history. No, they're just deeply from Boston, and they wear like jerseys, and that's who they are. <laughs> that's interesting because in the video game that I was playing. The one character, Jules, is like, I mean, she's like a competent detective who's trying to figure this out and obviously has this emotional intelligence because she's trying to figure out, like, why would Carmen do this? And so, like, you like in the little snippets, you get this is a complicated person. The guy whose name I can't even remember. (laughs) The guy is like his thing is he wears the vest that has all the stuff in it that you'll use in the video game. So that's like number one thing you know about him is he wears the vest, the big vest, the big vest, like the Acme vest that has like the clue finder or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. (laughs) The, The translator, all the stuff in it. And then number two, he says things like they're looking at a menu and she's like, oh, miso soup. I love that. And he's like, well, what about a hamburger? Aren't they healthy? And it's like, what? <laughs> what was this what? guy? <laughs> What's this character? <laughs> I don't like this. I, did, I didn't know how to feel about something made in the 90s having more cultural sensitivity than something that is so recent. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I, but it was, I. you know, that was the thing. Like, Carmen Sandiego for me was that perfect. And I think maybe I was not like an Oregon Trail kid. I don't know why. I it never seems like it would have been your jam. Well, and I feel like it just wasn't maybe I wasn't in the right classrooms or something. I knew there were classes where kids got to play Oregon Trail, but I wasn't one of the kids who got to play Oregon Trail. I was always really jealous. Mm-hmm. But like I got to do Carmen San Diego. That and Jeopardy on the Commodore 64 were where I learned most of what I know today. <laughs> Well, maybe this is like a generational thing because I definitely played a lot more Oregon Trail than Carmen Sandiego or Jeopardy. That's really interesting. I wonder if it is because I, I, I played so I mean, I played that game over and over. I played it all like mm-hmm. I had it by the end. I didn't have to use the Encyclopedia Britannica because you knew it. all. I already knew it. Yeah. I'd memorized it because I'd played it so many times. Yeah. Same with Jeopardy. They only had so many questions. I mean, the only game I couldn't man- master was Prince of Persia. Yeah, well. There was that one jump. Because I couldn't figure out, yeah, I couldn't figure out how to jump. <laughs> you know, I mean, you probably learned a lot more useful information from Carmen Sandiego. I think all I learned from Oregon Trail was to be terrified of dysentery at the age of 10. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't want to get dysentery, so I don't think that's like a... <laughs> it's a. I mean, I don't know how, like, practical that fear is for, <laughs> for me at the time, but... <laughs> Cholera's no good either. Yeah, yeah. See... I I was of a classroom generation where we played a lot of Jeopardy, but it was like they had like websites or like ways to make PowerPoints that were Jeopardy games. It's mm-hmm. so like teachers made their own Jeopardy games based on the subject and like what you had learned in the test you had coming up. And that was always a big a big day, uh, which then of course turned into Kahoot, which is the phone app. And also like like Jackbox, where oh, you yeah, go to a website yeah, yeah. on your phone. I know what you're talking um, about. Except educational. They ask you questions up on the screen. Your teachers make the cahoots and then you answer them from your phone. Um, so, I mean, I guess educational in the sense that like you were reviewing stuff you learned in the class. But it was not actually a game per se. It was more so just like an interactive study tool. Not not necessarily a game. But I did get very competitive. I, I think I think that. I don't know. In my day, it got a little loose with what qualified as an educational game because I'm, I'm remembering now playing. Sydney, do you remember Lemmings? 
Yes. It was a computer game where you had like this little crew of little lemmings, these little characters that you had to solve a puzzle to stop them from like throwing themselves off a cliff, basically. And like you'd have to somewhere like math puzzles and like different to make different things go up and down on the landscape. Uh-huh. And I would play like hours of lemmings at school. And I don't know what I was really learning from that, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> It was problem solving, but yeah, that was the whole thing is lemmings are going to throw themselves off the cliff, so you have to stop them. Wow. Yeah, but that, I mean, and the Jeopardy game was just like, it was Jeopardy, but it was, (laughs) it was a very old computer game. So like, you'd put in your answer and then you'd sit and wait for Alex Trebek to be like, that is correct or whatever. (laughs) Now, (laughs) the the answer is, (laughs) and then you'd wait and wait and wait, and then it would show up on the screen. Yeah. We uh, there was a website we often visited when we had computer time in the library when I was in elementary school called Cool Math Games. Ooh. Was the website, and uh-huh. you're supposed to play it because it had math games that were educational and they were cool. They were cool, but what they what teachers didn't know uh, was they also had all of these games on this website that were like the various like Papa's Pizzeria, Papa's Ice Cream. Maria or ice creamery or whatever where it was just like you just <laughs> play a game ice cream Maria or it's just like people coming in and placing orders and you just have to like yeah. make the ice cream they want and like do it in fast enough time or like there was one for hot dogs and tacos and pizza and like all the iterations of various food service restaurants um so we all would just play those which we learned nothing <laughs> but it was on cool math games so it was fine <laughs> wait I remember a pizza game like that that's what you literally did you just made pizza you just clicked on the toppings and you made a pizza yeah you just took orders and it would tell you like what kind of crust and sauce (laughs) and things and you'd have to do it fast enough it'd take you through a little conveyor belt to place all the toppings then you'd have to serve them but do it like fast enough so the other customers didn't get angry and got a good tip see i didn't get to do my interaction with computers in school (laughs) my computer class was um learning to type Uh um and then excel spreadsheets never got that i learned to type but not excel did, did a ton of time on excel spreadsheets and i learned to type wow. and then we i mean i i did play carmen san diego mainly at home for fun mm-hmm. um Nerd. yeah fun yeah yeah well it was fun um i really and i think that there's like a shortage of that like that appreciation for especially those early games mm-hmm. which i mean there was a ton of time put into that game and into the game shows and all the iterations of it to make it engaging to children so that they would learn without realizing they were learning. Mm-hmm. And like that skill is so valuable. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause it wasn't, there was no part of me that would have ever said like, well, I don't want to play like the cool math games. I would, I don't want to play the Carmen San Diego cause I'd rather do this pizza game. I loved Carmen San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it, they went on to do like Carmen San Diego, where in the, where in the USA to target it more to just us geography. They did a where in time mm-hmm. and you had to go through different eras and they did a game show of that too. Wow. Where in time is Carmen San Diego? They got rid of Rockapella and replaced them with a different band, but that's sad. Um, but they did that for a little while. They did a. There were like all these different spinoff game, like video games. One was even like where in North Dakota. Oh no! So I guess if you really want to crack down on your North Dakota well, it's geography, probably from if you're for if you're from North Dakota, yeah. right? I would assume because like we had to learn all about West Virginia. Did they have a where in the world or where in the West Virginia is Carmen San Diego? Not that I know of. Is she with Mothman? She at Hillbilly Hot Dogs. <laughs> she at Blackwater Blackwater Falls. Is she at the Greenbrier Resort? I like that she is at Hillbilly Hot Dogs with Mothman. There we go. Yes. <laughs> the um. warrant. Um. <laughs> okay. 
Well, <laughs> it's, it reminded me of the clue thing. Anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> but uh, but it, it obviously it, it the legacy of Carmen Sandiego has lived on, whether through multiple different iterations of the video game for different like levels and different cartoon series. I think there have been some like film attempts and there's books you can buy. Um, I think comic books even. I don't know. There are all kinds of different Carmen Sandiego. Mm-hmm. And then on Teen Titans Go, there was a tribute episode called Where in the World is wow. Carl San Pedro. Wow. Oh. And they had to travel all over the world to find. Just the same thing. Carl San Pedro. Yeah. But it was very funny. It was very good. I would recommend it. They did an Oregon Trail one too. Really? Mm-hmm. You love Teen Titans Go. I do love Teen Titans Go. They have not done a Prince of Persia one. I'm hoping they will so that I can figure out how to jump. Still? You want to figure out how to Every jump? Every time my little guy would just, wa- I'd go, he'd be walking towards that pit and I would hit a different key and he'd fall right into it. And then I'd have to start over from the beginning and we'd get to that pit again and I would hit a different key and he still wouldn't jump. I never, I, to this day, I don't know how to jump. I don't know. Someone I think, listening to this show will know. I think he needed a controller or something for that game. I don't know. Because I feel like I we tried know. every key on the keyboard to make that <laughs> character jump. Like that Does was Justin just... not know? I don't think Justin had a Commodore 64. I don't know why we did. In yeah, retrospect, why did you? Why were we like early adopters of computers? <laughs> I mean, think about our parents. They were, they're <laughs> not like no on sense. the tech train, but like we had that computer before most people had computers. Did Uncle Rick give it to us? Is I, yeah, that no, I think we got it from a from a, a family member gave it to us, like you and me, because uh, mom and dad were like, well, that's there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right, because he was a computer teacher at the time, uh-huh. and he was really into computing and computers and had... That makes sense. And he would, like, update and get new ones. So I think he gave us mm-hmm. his, like, Commodore 64 when he was done with it, and, like, I got a better computer here. You guys can have this one if you want to play games on it or whatever and we were like we don't know what we're doing <laughs> yeah so we had a lot of like like uh boot discs that i did not know what to do with floppy disks just like but i knew dos and i knew the three computer games that we understood how to play <laughs> like i tried so hard to play hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy and i kept getting crushed in my house at the beginning every time and like i could never make it out of my house and i I'm, to this day i still don't know like can you get out of the house it gets bulldozed but like is there a way to get out of there before it's bulldozed? i don't know I, I never figured it out it's really weird to think like those like early days of interacting with the computer where like you'd look at the keyboard and think like i definitely shouldn't touch some of these buttons ever like is that fear of like i could I don't. It could explode. Who knows? Like they're just the ones with the funny symbols. Don't touch them. Don't ever touch them. I felt that way too. Or like I don't know what uh, I don't know what I might del with this, but I shouldn't del that. I think I don't know. Be careful there. I really. What What am I controlling with? What is the function? I don't know. (laughs) Great fear of what could go wrong. Which I don't know. Maybe was well founded because computers were not as user friendly then, but. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you all. I uh, I have you. loved revisiting Carmen Sandiego. I'm going to make uh, my children watch it now. Make them get really into geography. Uh, they really should. It's a, it, it is still a problem. I mean, as much yeah. as Carmen Sandiego fixed it for some kids, um, once it went away, everybody forgot geography again. I don't know. Maybe a quarter of Americans still can't find the Pacific I, Ocean. I would believe I that. I think the number might have <laughs> gone up, frankly. Yeah. Teach your kids geography, everybody. It's good to know where places are. Don't end up like me. I don't know where anything is. Taylor, what's next? 
next, I want to talk about the, um, I'd say it's a cult LGBTQ comedy, uh, But I'm a Cheerleader. Came out in the year 2000. Awesome. You know, I'm never... I also came out in the year 2000. Hey, that's true. <laughs> as old as this movie. I am. Do you have a cult LGBTQ following? Yes. <laughs> we maybe. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, I've never seen it, so I'm excited. excited. I know of it, but I've never seen it, so. Yeah. Very All right. There are a lot of TikToks with it. Really? Are there? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get surfaced those a lot. I don't know what my algorithm is. Right now, it's mostly clips. It's weird. It's mostly clips from Boy Meets World, so. Mm. (laughs) Mine's guinea pigs. Uh, Well, (laughs) (laughs) thank you both. Um, this has been a lot of fun. I would really encourage you at least to go listen to the music of Rockapella <laughs> from Carmen Sandiego. I mean, Sydney has perfectly emulated it here for you. <laughs> Where do you want to go? Anyway, uh, thank you to Maximum Fun. Thank you again to everybody who donated in the drive. Um, thank you, thank you. We really couldn't do this without you, and we, we so appreciate your support. Um, you should go to MaximumFun.org. There are a lot of great shows that you would enjoy. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff and you can email us at stillbuff maximumfun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or don't ask us geography ones. We won't know them. No. Ask Carmen San Diego. Um, and thank you to the novellas for a theme song, Baby Change Your Mind. This has been your cross generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I, I am too. Too. Thought you were waiting for a, someone to help you out there. I was. I was waiting for an assist, and nobody gave it to me. <laughs> the 2021 pin sale has begun. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Max Fund Drive. This is the last year for a while that we'll be doing pins for Max Fund Drive, and the fifth year that we'll be selling pins and donating all proceeds to charity. The past year proved what we already knew, that having access to the internet at home is a necessity for work, school, healthcare, and keeping in touch with family and friends. So the proceeds from this year's pin sale will go towards Everyone On, a nonprofit working to bridge the digital divide. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help low-income folks gain access to affordable computers, internet services, and digital literacy programs. The sale will run until May 28th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the pins from the drive. That's 38 pins, one from every show on the network. We also have a special 2021 Max Fun Drive pin that all members can purchase. Go to MaximumFun.org slash pin sale for more info. And to learn more about Everyone On and support them directly, you can go to EveryoneOn.org. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.